Harvest is just getting underway in a number of areas. As producers bring in this year's crop, Glenda Leal-Wassler checks in with grain market analyst Brennan Turner to see what's happening in the wheat market and what are some key factors to watch for. Set the stage for us. What are we seeing? What's happening out there? Well, probably the biggest mover and shaker recently has was the uh, August WASDE report that the USDA released on Friday, August 12th. And in it, there was a lot of pretty big changes to um, the wheat balance sheet specifically. Um, Race production in Canada, race production in Australia. They raised it in Australia by 3 million tons. This will be the third consecutive year that Aussie farmers are going to pull off more than 30 million tons of wheat across all their paddocks. So pretty significant. Russia's production was also raised by a pretty significant 6.5 million tons. But on the flip side... Um, you know, some, some bullish variables that I continue to watch is um, the, the heat and dryness in Europe um, saw the European crop downgraded by about 2 million tons. And um, the other dynamic is just the strength of the demand function. You've seen exports uh, increase slightly, um, use consumption in, in China is increasing slightly, and yeah, maybe Russia will, will fill some of those voids, but the, the large majority of China, in terms of what they're importing from the likes of Australia, the U.S. or even Canada is higher quality product that we produce here in the prairies. And so, you know, net net, I think it's a a net positive report for wheat specifically, um, as there just seems to be a lot more bullish variables that that, uh, are on my horizon as well as the markets. And, you know, the the flip side here is that we're we're about 30 percent off the highs that we saw in mid-May. And that's a function of uh, just understanding what the size of this year's crop is going to be. Again, mentioned a couple of those big harvests in, in Russia, Canada, and, and, and Australia. But um, we're, those harvest supplies coming to market have buyers feeling pretty comfortable about getting their needs. And so I'm, I'm really more focused today on, on, again, getting that crop off, understanding the quality of what's in the bin, so making sure I'm t- taking good samples and getting them tested, um, and, and ultimately filling the contracts that I might have made uh, over the last number of months, and, and thereafter, probably looking to price out something in wheat, uh, maybe in, in late October, early November. Harvest activities, of course, just getting underway, really. What are you hearing as far as the quality of the crop out there? Yeah, so I mean, the first few fields are always usually pretty good. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, a fair amount of farmers have been pleasantly surprised by by what the yield monitors are showing. But at the same time, it's early days, right? So um, we're taking it with a grain of salt. We're going to get the, the first estimates from, from StatsCan here in a couple of weeks uh, in terms of their satellite imagery estimates of, of production. Um, and that will be updated again two weeks later in, in mid-September. So, um, you know, the market will surely react to that. But Again, it's it's. Are, are you looking to sell off the combine? I, I'm not a big fan of it because, again, I know that the 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 lows of the year are usually found around harvest time, and so is it a good strategy to sell at the lows? Usually not, of course. Though maybe there's some cash issues and whatnot in mind. So, um, just a good good practice is again to think about making sure that uh, you know the quality of what you're you're trying to sell, um, and that's going to impact you know who you can sell to and, and what type of conversations you're going to have. Other positives for the wheat market? Well, I think one of the biggest outliers that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is is not Ukraine in terms of like the grain that's now starting to finally move, but what are Ukrainian farmers going to be able to plant this fall? Um, there are some significant financial hurdles for, for farmers there, let alone the labor challenges, the fuel challenges, the crop input availability, right? Um, and so 
what Ukrainian farmers are basically fa- facing in terms of how I'm, I'm understanding and, and talking to my contacts in Europe is that um, it's almost unprofitable in a lot of places to for them to seed fall barley or fall wheat. And so um, we'll, we'll, know, we'll know more about this in, in the coming weeks and months, but um, it's, a, it's a pretty significant uphill climb. And, and I, I think that could be a major catalyst because even though Again, uh, Ukraine has has kind of accounted for a pretty significant uh, portion of the increase in in not just global production but also exports. Now they're you know one of the major global wheat exporters and players. And so if they're if they're not even putting in the acres, how does that impact things down the line? So um, you know that's a bullish scenario that that uh, I don't think a lot of people are necessarily paying attention to, but I'm keeping a close eye on. Let's focus in on Durham now and, and your thoughts on, on what we're seeing now and where it could go. Well, I think there's a, it's a great question. I think there's a lot of opportunity, mainly because of, um, A, some of the, those production downgrades in Europe. You know, specifically looking in, in Europe, they're probably looking at about a 9% drop over year over year to about 7 million metric tons. And that'll be the smallest crop, Durham crop in Europe. Uh, and literally in the last 25 years. So that's, that's necess- I would call that a bullish variable, right? And then on the flip side, specifically, we look at Italy, the, the, the past the powerhouse nation, right? Um, their, their crop is expected to drop by about 10% to about 3.5 million tons, which, which translates to a gap in terms of supply versus demand of about 2.6 million metric tons. They're going to have to import that from somewhere, right? And obviously look to the U.S., we look to Canada. There might be some some options out of um, some of the Black Sea countries that have started to grow Durham, other places in Europe. But again, uh, the crop has been challenged by by, uh, drought conditions these last couple of weeks and months. And so um, I think that's that's, uh, a net positive for Durham. And I haven't really seen the markets react to, to this reality in terms of moving higher. And so I think we could we could start to see that maybe late September starting to trek a little higher as some of those first boats um, make make their, their way to international destinations. And, and those buyers look for that second wave of, of procurement uh, in the fall and, and getting some winter supplies in hand. But uh, the other variable is, is some of the drought conditions in North Africa. For example, we know in Morocco that um, their their entire cereal harvest, not just Durham, but all, all cereals, is going to be about just one-third of what it was a year ago because of the drought. So, you know, again, a scenario where where a traditional importer of Canadian Durham is going to probably look to, to source more products. So um, even though we, we certainly saw a, a significant expansion in Durham acres planted this year by Canadian farmers, including my own family, um, I still think that there's there's a, a positive opportunity for Durham prices to, to increase over the next couple of months here. Final thoughts, key comments? Well, I think again, it's it's um, you know this time of year is is controlling what you're able to, and um, you know the markets are always going to move. There's a lot of volatility these days, you know, given the geopolitical risk in in Europe with China, um, some of the inflation issues right now, and and we know that speculators, uh, you know, the man, the managed money, the hedge funds, they've kind of pulled back out of the market these last couple of weeks, and uh, they're all of their positions um, are sitting at, at uh, multi-year lows. So I think. Um, potentially fueling the fire for, for wheat prices to climb higher will be the speculative investors. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking for some of those opportunities to, to appear for my next sales, probably late September, going into uh, the October, November months. I've been talking with Brendan Turner. Brendan is an independent grain market analyst for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. 
That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.